My name is Devin Roy, and I've been leading and managing teams for more than 30 years. I have expertise in coaching, interrogation, and strategy development. Most companies use a morning huddle to connect with their teams, to disseminate information, and to create alignment. I will share with you proven real-world strategies and techniques that will help you be more successful. So open your minds, listen closely. The morning huddle starts now. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Morning Hello. I'm your host, Devin Roy, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, just a little bit about myself. You know, I've been in leadership roles for, I would say, since I was a teenager. And uh, since that time, I've been fascinated with the leader-direct report dichotomy. And I've spent um, most of my retail, uh, I should say, I spent most of my career in retail. I've held just about every position. I've worked in seven states. I've led teams as large as 700 members, and over the span of space and time, uh, I've been a student and innovator of leadership philosophies, and I want to share those with you. And that's what today is about. Um, first of all, this is my, my very first live podcast, so thank you for joining. Uh, if you want to check out the recorded podcast, uh, you can go to the, my website at themorningmetal.com, so check that out. I also wrote a book called The Anatomy of a Coaching Conversation. And it outlines an eight-step coaching model that uh, is fortified by interrogation techniques. So it's, it's pretty cool. So check it out. It's a good price at $4.99. It's also on the website at themorninghuddle.com. So today's agenda is leading in a post-pandemic climate. You know, I know COVID-19 has been on everyone's mind. It has sucked the oxygen out of the room. And we need to have a conversation about that. And that's what today is all about. And so joining me on the show today to take a deeper dive into this conversation is singer, songwriter, actor, what else, did I miss anything? Business professional, <laughs> Meek Haddad. Welcome to the show, Meek. Hey, thank you. You know, Meek, you and I uh, work in New York City. It's the epicenter for the coronavirus outbreak uh, here in America. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we've got to do things differently when we go back to work. Uh, so I'm going to get your thoughts first on how do you think leading should look uh, in this post-quarantine, post-pandemic climate? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I've been thinking about. I think the initial thought I have is just the sim- simplicity of how do we greet people? You know, I'm someone who typically is a hi, how are you type of person. I say that to everyone. And I've been thinking, like, that is not going to be a sufficient you know, way to greet people if I'm not prepared for what's going to come on the other end of that. And so, you know, it might look like, you know, hey, good to see you instead, because it's just not, I have to really understand how, how are you bears more weight than it did previous to um, COVID. And then uh, the other thought I have is just how we lead ourselves. I think typically in workspaces, we think about leading ourselves and we say, you know, show initiative, you need to be the first to do something or, you know, be in charge of your own development. But now you know, you may go into the workforce and there may be less people, less resources. You may have more responsibility because of changes in structure in the company. So now leaving yourself has to do with how do you manage your time better? How do you not become stressed with more responsibility and less people or less resources? That's really what a very good point. Very good point. Uh, let's start with the first one. So, so the obligatory, hi, how are you, right? Um, I think we all do it, Meek. Uh, you're not just the only guilty of that. And we do it because I think it's more of a reflexive thing. Uh, and we're not always prepared for someone to tell us really how they are feeling. And 
so empathy, an empathetic leader, I think, is going to be required. And if you're not an empathetic leader, yeah. you're going to have to figure that out, right? So how do we lead with empathy in this post-pandemic environment uh, and really want to understand how people are doing? Um, and, and why is that important? Some people probably are thinking, I don't want to deal with anyone's personal issues. Yeah. Uh, I've got my own to deal with, right? Right. But when we're leaders of people, we have a different, whole different responsibility. We are in charge of that individual's development uh, and we're in charge of their care while they're at work with us. And so if they're not prepared to come in and do what's required of them, then you know, it's hard for us to hold them accountable. So it starts with us understanding, are, are they ready to meet the challenges? How do we meet them where they are, right? Yeah. So you bring up a very good point. So you know, the perfunctory, how are you, needs to take on a whole different meaning. Uh, to really need to uh, dig deeper into people's psyche and what they're dealing with and have a conversation. Now, we're not psychologists, right? Right. <laughs> so I'm not telling you to sit on a couch and psychoanalyze them. Right. But we do need to have dialogue with people and, and empathize because we're all going through this and we can all share our stories. And I think that's important, right? Is that when we come back to work, that we are allowed to share our stories because this, this pandemic can feel so isolating. It can feel as if we're the only ones going through it because we are apart and separated uh, by design, by the way. So when we come back together, we've got to share those stories and talk through it, uh, the pain as well, because if we don't do that, people will get stuck in that moment, right? And never will yeah. progress beyond it. So as leaders, it's our job to help people move along that curve so that we can have a much more productive workforce. You also talked about leading self. Uh, now, most organizations are going to go back in a phased approach. They're not going to bring back the entire workforce, right? Mm -hmm. So for those that will be returning to work, what is required of you? You're going to be coming back to work with a whole new purpose. Yeah. Because, right? Because your job is to not just do the best job for yourself, but to do the best job for the people who are to follow. Because if, if you don't return back to the revenue that you had prior to this, then the company won't be able to bring on the other or phase in the other workforce. Does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you're going to work now with a whole different purpose. Uh, and so leading self, does take on a whole new meaning. Uh, are you familiar with the, the fable, the scorpion and the frog? Nope. You're not? Um, no, it, is anyone out there familiar with the fable, the scorpion and the frog? Okay, let me tell you about the fable. Basically, the scorpion hitches a ride on the back of a frog so that, so that the scorpion can cross the river. Right? Mm -hmm. but, but it's in the scorpion's nature to do what? To kill, right? Yeah. Right? And the scorpion can't swim, obviously. And so if it kills the frog, what happens? They both die. Mm -hmm. Right? So the scorpion hitches a ride on the frog, and halfway across the river, he stings the frog, and they both die as a result. So, so why do I bring this up? 
I think this is analogous to leadership. And let me explain why. <laughs> uh, the leader is a scorpion. And this fable is about self-interest. Yeah. Okay. And self-interest can sometimes be a dirty word, but it doesn't have to be. But in, in, this, in this example, the leader is riding the frog, the, the team, if you will, right. to get across the river. And the river, crossing the river, is analogous to success, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes as a leader, we do things that are not within our own self-interest. We don't understand that at the time. We think it is in our self-interest, but it's not. And we end up being detrimental to the team, which yeah. is detrimental to not just the team's success, but to our success as well. So the point is, in this post-pandemic climate, we can't go back the way we were. We can't lead the way we did three months ago. Yeah. We've got to lead differently. We've got to be connected with our teams. We've got to help them. We've got to invest in them. We've got to be more in tune to what's happening with our teams, right? Yeah. So we can help them cross the river. And if they cross the river, we're on their back. That means we cross the river, so we're all successful in the end. Yeah. So now you know the fable of the scorpion and the frog. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about leading self some more. What, 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 what are thoughts? Let's go to the audience, first of all. Let's, let's try this. Um, now, this is my first time doing this, everyone, so bear with me. Uh, but if you have any thoughts, anyone have thoughts on how to lead differently in this post-pandemic climate? Let's see if we get any comments. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> of course. Thank you, Isabel. We have people still joining. There's Karen. Hi, Karen. Oh, can you repeat the question, Devin? Yes, I'll repeat. Can you hear me now? Before I repeat the question, let me... Yeah, I can hear you on, on my end, but... The question is, how do we lead differently in this post-pandemic climate? I heard someone say we have to lead empathetically, and, and, and that's absolutely correct. I care. Perfect, thank you. So while we're waiting for some checking with the staff more, yeah, motivating the team, giving positive feedback when they are doing well, perfect. You have to lead the team with uh, a team purpose, love that. Yeah. Be adaptable to change, of course. Lead with health first, okay, yeah. That's just gonna be much more important. I think we have to start uh, the day differently. Okay, how different? In what way? I think we I need think to we, learn how to really, go ahead, you read that. I think we need to learn how to really listen to our team and be more motivated. Lead with understanding okay. there's new norm, definitely. So you're on the subway, what, three months ago, what, what did you typically think about as you were coming to work? Um, what I need to get done. Actually, I was okay. probably starting my work on the train. You know, already starting okay. to answer emails, already starting to figure out, you know, what my touch base in the morning was gonna look like, what I was gonna ask my managers. 
um, what a check-in would look like typically of like, you know, results the day before, but I was already working on the train. Got it. So, in again, this post-pandemic climate, you know, that's going to have to change, right? Definitely. So how, what we prioritize, you know, we always prioritize and we say, we always give lip services. We would say people over process, but be honest, we always prioritize process over people, right? <laughs> yes. Let's just be honest about it. Yes. Yeah, true. Um, true. And so, you know, what we're thinking about on our commute into, to work, we're thinking about the process. We're thinking about tactics and strategy. Yep. And how much time are we thinking about the people? I mean, really thinking about the people. Yep. So in our commute to work, and this goes back to the fable of the scorpion and, and the frog, we do so um, at our own peril, right? When we don't think about our teams and what they're going through. And when we don't make that personal investment in them, we don't try to understand how they've been personally impacted by um, this it, this pandemic, right? Yep. So we, we, we've got to be thinking about how am I going to engage the team? How am I going to make it uh, a workplace that allows for the sharing of your experiences? We didn't do that before, right? We were focused on the numbers, you know, the morning huddle was about the numbers. Yeah. And how we did yesterday, right? Yep. But the morning huddle used to be about the people and how you did yesterday, how you felt yesterday, how you're doing today. Yeah. And we're going to get through this together. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it just, it makes so much sense. I think even figuring out like what can we offer what do we know about what will be available for when people are sharing those concerns that we now want to put prioritize you know what do we know what can we say back or is it going to be kind of talking to a wall so just understanding the severity of what people might say and understanding you know what things that the company have what resources do they have sometimes people just want to listen in air but what else can you offer that is a real resource that may be in your company. And I think a lot of us don't even know, we, we didn't know those answers until now, but we had to explore them for ourselves. We're learning what our company does or does not offer in a time of, you know, a pandemic. Right. All right, good point. Let's see if we have any questions from the audience. We missed some comments. I wrote some stuff down. Somebody was saying, you know, the idea of having a total staff meeting, you know, will be different because those things can't happen. Going back to work, which I thought was a good point. Um, being adaptable to change. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, we're going to have to leverage technology um, to help us stay connected. You know, much like we're, what we're doing today, we are talking with 23 other people um, and sharing a message. And when we get back to the workforce, we're going to have to do something very similar to this. Um, so questions you guys have. That's Brenda saying, sharing the concerns. Yeah, I agree, Jess. Sharing, um, using Zoom and different platforms are helpful. We're going to have to be wearing masks now, right? Probably, yeah.
It absolutely will be unique uh, in the BD store. Um, and for those of you who may not understand what we're talking about, uh, um, you know, we work in retail and, and in beauty. Um, it's going to be a different experience for the customer, right? So it's perhaps the most intimate you will get with the customer when they come and shop at the beauty department because you are, or you were, you know, touching their face and getting very close to them. And so those days are gone. Um, so how do we, what does relationship selling look like? And we could spend a whole no, another hour on that, but <laughs> relationship selling mm -hmm. is, is going to change, right? Yeah. You know, and, and we've got to get used to wearing, uh, looking at people wearing a mask because your smile tells a lot about you, right? Yeah. Um, your smile is, the smile is the first thing people look at typically, right? Because yeah. it says I'm approachable or I'm not approachable. Yeah. We've coached to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Those nonverbal cues, right? Yeah. So we're going to be looking at a mask now. And we're going to think you're really good at reading people's eyes um, because that tells us a story as well. Now, I'm not going to go into this, but I do teach what's called neurolinguistics. We have a question. Yes, you, you, you could definitely smile with your eyes. You're absolutely right. But it's even deeper than that. Neurolinguistics talks about the patterns that eyes will move in relative to the brain activity. Mm -hmm. And... So if I ask a question, depending on the question I'm asking, and your eyes look up and to the left, that means that you're recalling. Um, if you look up and to the right, that means you're creating. And if you do those things in that sequence, that means you're about to lie to me. And so um, <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be important that, you know, we we're able to pick up on other skill sets so that we can read the situation and have a greater degree of emotional intelligence about how we need in the future. Yeah. We can coach the body language as well. Absolutely. That's so important. Uh, um, body language is, is something again from, you know, again, I used to interrogate people for a living and I don't do that anymore, but um, that was a key component to how we would interpret the situation that we were in and how we would guide the conversation. So what are your thoughts, Mika, on, you know, you know, I, I probably will never see your smile again, Meek. I will only look at you uh, wearing a mask. What are your thoughts on that? It's, to be completely honest, it's just a weird, it's weird. It's, you know, it's, it feels so abnormal. And I know it's the new normal and all these things, but it just, um, one of the reasons why I work in the industry I work in is because I love interacting with people in all the ways that that typically came. So talking to people, looking at people's body language, but obviously engaging in conversation. Um, so it's just gonna be a weird thing. I don't think that it'll be comfortable for a long time. Um, and hopefully it won't have to be a long time, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I wanna stay safe and I wanted others to be safe, but um, it just, you know, kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. It does, it, it really does. And it's okay to admit that it's okay to say it now i wouldn't say it to my team right so we're as leaders we're gonna have to find you know resources and people that we can talk to about these things because we can't keep it bottled up right we've got to vent our emotions as well 
as well as the emotions of our team, but we can't come to work with all that pent up, right? Yeah. The pent up angst or anxiety yeah. or emotions. Uh, we've got to release it somewhere, but we can't release it on our teams. And we've got to really right. understand that. Right. We have got to be the motivator in chief when it comes to how we lead our team. Right. We have to be the consoler. We can't say, oh, what was me? Because then who was leading them? Right. So we've yeah. got to find folks that can help us do that. Definitely. Your support system. Mm -hmm. Someone asked, uh, new in my leadership position before COVID, so hardly got enough time to connect with, with my team. How do we connect post-COVID? Oh, I think it's excellent. I think it's a perfect opportunity for you to, to, to say, hey, we're all making it up. And I got to tell you something. People who have been in leadership roles for years are now starting over in some respect. So you're almost called up to all of us, right? So we're making it up as we go here. So I think sometimes for new leaders, um, we, we have this, this misconception that we have to go into positions as if we know everything, right? Yeah. And we're not vulnerable. So this is a great time to be vulnerable and say, I don't have all the answers. And so, you know, but you know, you're a smart person, right? Because you're in that leadership role. Exactly. But you don't have to have all the answers. You know, you know what ideation is? Ideation is the process of allowing, I'm going to give you my interpretation, allowing the team to participate in the creation of ideas, strategies, and, and whatever. So I think it's important that we have them be participants in what the move forward looks like, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way forward, they have to, they, you can't just give them the prescribed uh, you know, or the prescription, I should say, for what it looks like. They have to participate in creating that, those strategies and tactics. So I think as a new leader, I think it's a perfect opportunity for you uh, to be vulnerable, to include your team, to be smart, to lean into your strengths. Um, and, and, and also take the counsel of people who have been doing this for a while. Yeah, that's good. Well, the questions are out there. No questions, but we had a comment about, um, I think we all have to adapt to the new normal, accept it, accept it as leaders, then coach our teams the same way and look at that in a positive way, which I completely agree with. Absolutely. Thanks, Marvella. <laughs> <laughs> what are the comments you guys have? Good point, great answer. Yeah, we're gonna have to sell, you know, we work in retail, most of that's, that, that are, that's on this uh, mm -hmm. live Instagram. We work in retail, so we're gonna have to sell differently, right? Um, yeah. We're going to, again, customers are going to have some trepidation about coming back into the store. Um, physical contact. Um, we're going to have people, particularly in New York City, on both ends of the spectrum. We're going to have those who I'm not wearing a mask and very defiant about uh, everything that's happening. We're going to have those who are so so cautious 
they may come in a hazmat suit. Uh, we're going to have all yeah. types coming into uh, yeah. the stores, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm being facetious somewhat. Yeah. Uh, and we have to be able to deal with uh, those individuals now. Selling is taking on a whole new meaning. And so the leader has to lead by example and, and demonstrate those skills by how we treat our people. And that will translate into how they treat our customers, right? Yeah. But, but selling is going to be completely different. It's going to be um, through, through mediums like this, Instagram. It's going to be through, uh, through, through Zoom, whatever. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more selling electronically uh, rather than we were doing face-to-face. So yeah. we've got to be prepared for that new normal. Well, the comments are out there. Someone asked, what is your biggest concern going back? My biggest concern is that people won't change. <laughs> um, I, it really is. I, yeah. I've heard too many people say, go back to normal. There is no going back to normal. Uh, I think Mother Nature gave us this pause for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not getting to climate change and all sorts of things, but if you look at it, um, the oceans are clearing up, the air pollution is down. Hmm. So, right. Yep. And if we're not understanding what this moment means, yeah. Um, we do so again at our own peril. Uh, that's my biggest fear. People are going to try to go back to what's comfortable and because they hate being uncomfortable, but this, this pandemic is making us all uncomfortable. We just need to embrace that and see the opportunities that this is, is, is uh, giving us as opposed to the obstacles. You know, I'm sitting here on the podcast with all of you because of this pandemic. Yeah. I would not have done this otherwise. I was content with what I was doing. Um, I was doing the morning huddle every day at work Right. Um, but I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I have all this energy and all these thoughts in my head. I have to get out somehow. And so we've got to see the opportunity that that's, this is creating for us uh, yeah. and not see it as something that's tragic. Well, there has been tragedy, I guess, you know, as a part of this, but we've got to see the positive in this. What are the thoughts? Um, I think my biggest concern going back is it's actually not about safety. I think generally speaking, like we live in New York City, we work in a place that holds hundreds of people. Uh, we run the risk of, of getting into severe danger every single day. So mm-hmm. yes, we are in a pandemic and more people have been kind of taken out of their comfort zone, but typically like we run that risk every day. So I'm not, I feel like if it's safe to open up, then I feel safe going to work. Um, my concern lies more around the engagement of my team. You know, when people yeah. have gone through extreme trauma and have experienced that, and now we're coming asking them to, you know, abide by all these new rules and still sell and do all these things. It really concerns around how do I really engage them back with the company? How do I engage them with us as leaders? And um, I think that's going to be difficult. So my concern. You're is absolutely right. Go ahead, cut you off. No, no, no. I, I just said that's my. That's what my concern is. You're 100% right. And I think it goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning. Um, You've got to vent emotion. 
And so there's going to be a whole lot of emotion coming at you when people return to work. Yeah. Um, there's almost 700 people on that sales floor. Yeah. In in uh, in beauty alone. And <laughs> so and and on the floor where you were. So think about the individual stories, the individual experiences of the what is it? Three thousand people in that building total. Yeah. Coming at you, and how do we manage those emotions? Because yeah. it's going to be palpable, right? Yeah. So again, I, I think the first step has to be, it can't be, okay, okay, we're all returned to work. We figure out uh, a 10-step process for how we're going to stay safe and keep our customers safe and how we're going to sell and do things differently. Here it is. Read it. Make sure you understand it. If you have questions, come see me. That's not efficient. I mean, effective. That, that won't work, right? Right, right. That may have worked three months ago, but it won't work going forward. It has to be... Tell me your story. Talk to me about your experiences with exactly. COVID-19, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on how we move forward? Here's what the company came up with. Here's some guidelines. Talk to me about these guidelines. You know, I think we've got, yeah. we've got to, to move people along in the process again and, and vent the emotions that are pent up, otherwise they will get stuck and it just won't work. And we'll have, we'll have this subculture that's growing in our building of people who are disgruntled, people who don't believe that we have their best interests at heart. Yeah, uh, They're, they're commiserating with one another. Um, then you'll see this groundswell, <clears throat> right? Of negativity, why aren't we getting our results? What's happening? But we didn't do our due diligence. Again, back to the fable of the scorpion and the frog, right? <laughs> yeah. We stung the frog, right? And so we're not going to cross the river. Yeah. So it's in our nature to do what managers do, which is here's the prescribed format. Here's yeah. what we're going to do, team. Here's yeah. how we're going to be successful. Digest yeah. it. Let me know if you have questions. I'll get back to you, right? Yeah. That's what scorpions do. That's what managers do. Yeah. But what do leaders do coming out of a crisis? That's completely yeah. different. Yeah. Right? Great point. So, anyway, don't want to pontificate too much on that. So, what <laughs> other uh, comments do you have or questions? Hi, Bradley. We have some people talking about asking us specific questions about how many how are we going to force customers to um, wear a mask what percentage of people will come back and what's the pace uh, some of these things we have answers to and some of the things we don't um i think it's important will will employees be required to be tested coming back um i think that you guys should remember that things are changing daily so the plan that worked yesterday is not necessarily that's going to go forth tomorrow. Uh, so we don't have answers to all of these questions. Devin, do you want to speak on some no. of this? No, we don't uh, have answers to all those questions. And this is probably not the right forum to, to talk about that. Um, okay. But, you know, what I can say is that in, um, if you're working in New York City, 
um, you're going to be required to wear a mask. Um, uh, the, the workers are. And it's going to be strongly recommended that the consumers wear masks as well. Um, I think we've got to not make ourselves crazy with this. Understand something. We were all in New York City in the month of March, up until March 17 or so, right? Mm -hmm. There is evidence that the coronavirus was spreading in the month of February in New York City, coming from Europe. Yep. And even some evidence in January, but, but really the spread was happening in, in February. It was happening in March as well. And I want you to think about that. Yeah. The the spread is has been mitigated. It is not spreading to the extent it was before we shut things down. Right? Mm -hmm. How many of us got sick? How many of us showed symptoms? Mm -hmm. You have to not drive yourself crazy with this. You have to be smart. Yeah. What how do you catch a virus? How do you catch a virus? By doing what? Touching your face, touching your mouth, touching the orifice, right? Nose and even eyes, right? This is right. how you get sick because you touch something that has the virus on it and then you touch your face. So yeah. the personal behavior of the individual counts more than anything else. It counts more than what, what policies are in place at a location. It counts more than PPE, mask or whatever you're wearing personal behavior of the individual, right, yeah. is 99.9% .9 of prevention. Wow. Yeah, that's good. It is. Yeah. Okay. So if I don't, if I touch something that has the virus on it and it's on my hand, am I sick? I'm not sick until I do this, right? right. So we've got to, and we should have been doing this all along. Yeah. We've okay. got to wash our hands. Right. We have to sanitize. We've got to be clean. We became lazy. And I want you to go back to the point I was making. Mother Nature took a pause, right? And what happened to our climate? What has happened? I, I think this is, I think this is analogous to what we're talking about, though. Yeah. It began to clean up. We were dirty. The climate was yeah. dirty, right? We didn't wash our hands. Yeah. We didn't protect ourselves. Yeah. You know, if you go back and look at the work services before we became cognizant of the virus, wasn't in very great condition, was it? They would begin to clean up. They would begin to use, you know, hand sanitizer. Um, and then we all stopped going to work and, and the, the climate got better. The climate began to heal somewhat. So think about those thoughts for a second. And and what this moment really means, okay? So when we go back to work, it's not about the PPE, it's about the individual, right? And what you do to protect yourself and others from being sick. So we didn't get sick at the height of it because we were cognizant of it, it was on it was the top of our mind. Now it's been mitigated, right? Mm -hmm. Such that we can begin to go back to work so I feel actually more comfortable going back to work now than I did back in March. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, definitely.
that's really really good point i love that you said um our personal behavior because i think that it just it goes into so many other areas especially being in a time where a lot of people are home home with their families home by themselves but you know i'm just it's cur- i'm curious to think about what people are doing in the time like you said i did the morning huddle every day at work and now i needed something to do with that energy so you created it as a podcast and i think that that's all intentional absolutely absolutely you know if if you if everyone on this podcast is in a leadership capacity um you cannot tell you two words that are not synonymous leadership and victimhood you cannot be a victim and a leader at the same time <laughs> right you abdicate your responsibility as a leader when you become a victim because yeah. victims now need to be led by someone right yeah okay that's really so cool. it's it's true and so you've got to think about this if you are feeling like a victim you are not a leader and i don't mean that to be curt please yeah. don't misunderstand yeah the point i'm making is that if you are leaders of people you have to have a different mindset yeah you've got to figure out how to vent your emotion how to get yourself in the right place so that you can go back to work and lead people to be productive to be effective right yeah. Mm-hmm. to be safe because you know what is it all about if we don't go back to work you know none of this means anything right we have to learn the lessons from this right exactly right and go back you know a new go back different right yeah so it's almost like you know 40 days of rain what happened right yeah so not trying to get biblical but Listen, my point so, is come on preacher preacher sermon <laughs> <laughs> my point is you know what happened after the 40 days of rain yeah no definitely right mhm so so think about coronavirus in in this same context if you will yeah and and what is required of people who call themselves leaders If you're in a leadership capacity, you're going to be tested in ways that you haven't been tested before. Say that. Right? Yeah. Um, I think I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to say this one little thing, but I think yeah. that God has revealed to me in this time is um my responsibility to the environment and seeing the world clean up and things heal and like waterways clean up and all this stuff happening where like the earth is breathing again. I thought, wow, you really need to watch yourself when you go back into the world as far as being um resourceful and trying to sustain energy, which I'm I'm the first in it. I'm not into like environmental anything. Like I don't pay any attention. I'm not trying to save paper. I'm not trying to do none of that. And I really thought differently like, wow, I am not just we think that the earth is like always going to have resources and it, it replenishes itself and it's just like no we bear responsibility on that you know we're not there to just take it we're actually there to help preserve it um so i feel like that's been something that's been really really just eye opening for me like wow i actually bear responsibility in the earth i'm not just supposed to live on it and take from it absolutely yeah so you like many are learning the lessons of this moment 
And I think it's important that as leaders, we learn a lesson and we go back to work with a different mindset. Yeah. So that's well said. All right, what are the thoughts or questions do you guys have out there? I'll say one more thing about what you just said, because it's, it's, it's on my heart and I have to say it. Um, hey, Kathy. You know, I've been talking about, you know, first seek to understand. You may have heard me say that before. Mm -hmm. Right? First seek to understand and see the good in others. Yeah. And I've been talking about this for years, and I, and I think um, sometimes I felt like I was, you know, the tree that fell in the forest and no one saw the tree falling. But now the forest is on fire. And, <laughs> and, and so we've really got to understand these aren't just t religious tenets. These are leadership tenets. Yeah. We've got to see the good in others. We cannot, when we go back to work, it cannot be employee one, two, three, four, five. This is Helen. She has children at home. She has a grandmother, she has a mom, she, she, she sings in the choir at her church, she volunteers her time, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever it is that makes Helen Helen, she's got to be able to bring her whole self to work, right? Mm -hmm. But if we see her as employee number one, two, three, four, five, we will treat her as employee one, two, three, four, five, yeah. and have a very transactional relationship with Helen, yes. right? Can't do that anymore. Not can't do that anymore and, and Helen won't accept that anymore right yeah we've got to be compassionate empathetic leaders that see the good in others and we seek to understand what's going on with them when they aren't at their best people aren't going to be at their best when we go back to work they're going to have some bad days there are going to be some arguments that happen at work how do we handle that we just write them both up and say, oh, you committed this violation and, you know, it's black and white. No, we need to understand it because how we treat people at their worst sends a message to everyone in that organization. Yeah. Right? Yep. So just some food for thought. Good. All right. Any other comments? We just have a lot of people agreeing with what we've been saying. Um, I think, you know, this is the morning huddle, and Mike, you and I had this conversation yeah. about the time of the morning huddle. Uh, and I, I think <laughs> I'll push it back to 11, because I still technically the morning. You want it to be in the morning. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's called the morning huddle. It has to be in the morning. I'm sorry. So, but for those on the West Coast, uh, you can catch it at eight o'clock uh, as opposed to getting up at seven. Um, so when we do this again, um, we might do this Friday again. So we'll let you guys know, we'll send out an invite uh, and let you know the time and the topic. And um, I wanna thank Meek for joining me on my first uh, Instagram Live. You've been a great co-host. Anytime, thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Um, I appreciate your support. I appreciate the support of everyone that tuned in. And uh, look for the invite for the next show, guys, okay? All right. Thanks, All right. Guys. All right. Take care. Have a good day, bye. Bye.